Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Anne Turnerode, senior technical writer at Synopsis. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast and how are you doing today? Thank you. I'm fine. And yourself? All good. Thank you for asking. So I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about yourself today, Anne. And how did you initially got into documentation? Well, it was not a standard way to do so. Should I say? Actually, this was my second career. My first career was in software engineering development. I hold a master's degree in applied mathematics. and after 16 years of experience in different roles such as software developer and team lead and architect uh, i lost my job to a crisis that happened in the early 2000s and i uh, was not able to find a new job and so i decided to start something new and try technical documentation a few years before that i had some experience working with technical writers So I knew more or less what their work was, and I thought, yeah, I've written a number of things in my life, such as technical specs and designs and comments, and also why I don't have try technical writing. And so I started, and I joined SAP Labs in Israel and spent there next sixteen years, and that was a very great school to learn that trade. And I learned that actually technical writing was a different profession. So it was a learning curve, but I'm still happy about making this choice. And my focus has always been on documentation for developers because of my background. Developers are the audience whose language I understand and uh, whose needs are familiar to me. So in a way, I just stayed very close to my roots. Fantastic! That's very nice to hear, Anne. especially with the engineering background along with the technical writing skills i think it's a very good combination right i believe so <laughs> super so what's your documentation process at synopsis and which teams do you normally get involved in defining those processes so my work setup in synopsis is that i work locally with a development team that is co-located with me and then with another remote team and i report into a distributed team of writers that is located in various places and the documentation process is organized by development cycles now each cycle in my case is 6 weeks long and we start with gathering documentation requirements and they usually come either from the r&d or pm or from field engineers and this is how this documentation is evolving actually when i started my current job at synopsis i inherited some documentation 
which was legacy and written in Word. So I had to rewrite it from scratch and then start the process all over again. In terms of tools and technologies, we are using Dita, Oxygen Editor, and we use Git for uh, source control. Nice. Very good. So having such a good team and process, how do you manage the documentation workflow? We manage it, if you mean technically, in Jira tickets, which is similar to how uh, R&D manages uh, the development tasks. So in each ticket contains a description of what needs to be done and some connection to the development tasks. But the truth is, I don't do only documentation. In addition to documentation, I also always review UIs and UX writing. Usually when a development team creates a feature, they have mockups and they request a string review from me. And then I review it for various aspects. In addition to correct English, of course, I have made sure that it uses consistent terminology and tone of voice and addresses usability aspects. And once this process is done, when it comes to documentation, it becomes very easy because during this uh, UI review, in fact, I become familiar with a feature and I do all the research that is needed there. And in addition to giving my advice, I work with uh, developers to improve UIs. And then by the time it gets to actual documentation, then I would say the bulk of the work is already done. And then it also just needs to be written. Okay, great, great. So how can working as part of a creative team improve documentation? So have you experienced this particularly with the synopsis? Well, not only. Usually development teams are very receptive to this kind of feedback because it also gives them, I would say, a different perspective because when I address UIs, I do it as a first-time user of the features and developers don't have this perspective. And Mm -hmm. as a first-time user, I could identify things that may be less intuitive or could be improved or require additional explanations or something like that, or even maybe the flow is not very logical. And so they have very close in-house feedback and input that they could use to improve their own deliverables. Okay, great, great. So in terms of important factors to consider, how would you describe them? Because there will be so many things to consider when writing documentation, right? So, but it's not possible to consider everything. So if you've given a choice to pick up only the important ones, what would you consider? First of all, I think we don't have to document everything. You know, my approach to documentation is minimalistic. So when a UI is good and intuitive, then the need to write and then for users read extensive documentation becomes less and less. So like I said, I invest a lot into UIs themselves and into the UX writing that comes with these UIs. So the more is said in the UI, the less is need to be said in documentation. Then on the other hand, documentation is still needed. And as such, it should be clear, concise, and to the point. You know, if you can say it in short, uh, less is more. <laughs> very true. Very true. 
So have you seen any kind of reduction in workload since introducing quality documentation, like how you're doing? I use some techniques to minimize my workload. And one of them is the data is a structured documentation tool. And it is possible to maintain consistent structure across documentation. For instance, if I have a great number of similar procedural topics, then I would come up with a pattern that most of these topics should follow. And then I don't think a lot when writing these topics. Most of them fit into this previously prepared structure. Also, I reuse content a lot, which is also possible in data. And I use other techniques such as profiling, which again makes it easier to manage and evolve documentation. Okay, superb. So in terms of, that's a very good strategy, sorry, and I should say, so reporting on your documentation. So how do you get these reports and who do you report to? Like formally, I report to a manager, to my manager, who is remote. But in terms of documentation deliverables per se, as I mentioned in the beginning, mm-hmm. we manage documentation tasks in JIRA. This makes them visible to all the involved parties. In addition to that, I always publish my documentation in preview. There is a permanent link, which is always accessible for internal audience. And that's pretty much all about reporting. Mm -hmm. Super. One thing I did not grasp or understand clearly is what's the nature of your documentation? Is it all publicly available or does it sit behind a private documentation with the user login and access restrictions? Currently, the documentation I'm mostly working on is part of an on-premise product, which means it is available together with the product. In the future, we're going to create a documentation portal, which will then be available more widely. So if you're asking if my documentation is currently publicly available, then it's not. All right. So I think in that case, the organic search traffic, I'm guessing you might not be generating. Yeah, probably probably not. Yeah. Unless we have some security hold. super so i think we are about to go to the rapid fire round questions but is there anything else you would like to add to our conversation like any other topics and i understand you may wanted to talk something on the api documentation oh maybe a little bit as i mentioned my focus has always been documentation for developers and api documentation is my very favorite domain in fact i've been working in it even more than in product documentation. Over the years, I have actually spoken at a number of conferences on the API documentation topics and gave some webinars internally in the company previously at SAP. Also at SAP, I had developed standards and guidelines for API documentation that had been used in the company. And then two years ago, Techcom, which is a technical Communications European Organization has published that as a book, and that book is available in public domain. It's not free, but everyone can purchase it for um, a very high sum. So the link can be found in my, for instance, LinkedIn profile or um, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nice. Very nice to know, Anne. Super. So uh, yeah, please do share the link with us and we will be maybe adding it as part of your profile to the podcast as well. Sure, I'll send you. Fantastic, fantastic. 
So if all good, let's move on to the rapid fire round questions. Sure. Super. So who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? Look, in fact, I've learned from just about everyone with whom my past crossed on in this area, even from those people who believe that nobody ever reads documentation. Mm-hmm. Okay, super. So thanks to everyone who's contributed to this journey of uh, documentation with Anne. Can you share a documentation-related resource you have consumed recently? Well, there is a, a famous Tom Johnson's blog, mm-hmm. I'd rather be writing, that I'm sure uh, every technical writer, at least in the area of development documentation, is familiar with. I visit it a lot, and I used it when I researched material for my book. And then there is uh, Arnaud Loret. His site is called API Handyman, is also very useful. And many, many more at random. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. So I'm sure you might have listened to Tom Johnson's episode with us in, in the yes, early days of the book. Yeah, Fantastic. very yeah. interesting. <laughs> okay. So the last question is, what is that one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> nice question. In fact, when I was 20 years old, I was a student. And the notion of software documentation was hardly existent at the time. But some years later, a book, a software manual, just literally saved me from losing my job. I started working in a new company and I had to write an application from scratch in a programming language that I didn't know at the time. So I went and bought a book and that book really helped me to acquire the needed knowledge. And if I would send a message to my then self, we said, maybe one day the book of your own will save someone else's job. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I hope that my book on API documentation standards has done just that for someone. Fantastic. Very inspirational and super. So I think it's been a very productive conversation we had in the last 20 minutes or so. So I'm hoping the same with you. Yeah, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Fantastic. So thank you once again for joining us in this podcast series and sharing your experience. If there is nothing else to add, we can say goodbye to our audience and uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.